Psalm 72, verses 1 to 7 and 10 to 14. The Psalm of Solomon. Give the king thy justice, O God, and thy righteousness to the royal son. May he judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. May the kings of Tarshish and of the Isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him, all nations give him service. For he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight. Thanks be to God. And from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 1. The visit of the wise men. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. 
and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts and minds be ever acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Have any of you uh, submitted to the annual delight of creating for yourself a New Year's resolution? Uh, I, yet again this year, no chocolate, obviously. 3rd of January, 8.54pm, there was this very lonely Ferrero Rocher, and I, I just felt so sorry for him. <laughs> Um, I will one year manage to get to maybe the 4th of January before I, I break on that resolution, but uh, I'm not holding out too much hope to be perfectly honest with you. Um, this year, though, I have thought of maybe setting up a ferry company in Ramsgate. Um, uh, <laughs> a, a, just a, a bold notion. What does the year ahead hold for you? Have a, have a think about that. Uh, for some of you, maybe a new job new place to live, travel plans. Maybe you kind of think you know what's going to happen this coming year. Uh, you've got it all set out, you know. It's the same as last year, basically. Um, um, the same old tedium. But it could be that there's something exciting that you're thinking about. Maybe you've signed up for internet dating or something like that. Um, do you know what the year ahead is holding for you? You've got your plans sorted. Let me pitch the question in a different way. Um, rather than what your plans are for the coming year, what are God's plans for you for this coming year? And have a think about that. It's interesting how many people um, determine that God's plans are exactly the same as, as their plans, funny enough, because that's much easier, isn't it, after all? We're going to, a little bit later in the service, be reflecting on the covenant prayer. Um, and in that is something where we freely offer ourselves, we submit ourselves so that it's not our plans, but it's God's plans that we truly reflect upon. Um, in 2009, 2010, I knew very much what was happening in my life. Everything was set, settled. My career was, was going quite nicely and I was quite happy where I was. And then God had different plans for me, most irritatingly, um, and, uh, and kept on needling at me throughout that year about presbyteral ministry and kept on, kept on. Um, 
Martha Reeves and the Vandellas uh, sang Nowhere to Run, Nowhere to Hide, and that's pretty much how God was with me. I kept on trying to tell God to get stuffed. I had no intention of going into presbyteral ministry, and here we are today. What is God's purpose for you? God is working his purpose out as year succeeds to year. God is working his purpose out, and the time is drawing near. Nearer and nearer draws the time, the time that shall surely be when the earth shall be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. What can you do to work God's work, to prosper and increase the love of God in humankind the reign of the Prince of Peace. What can you do to hasten the time, the time that shall surely be, when the earth shall be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea? Vincent Donovan, in his remarkable book, Christianity Rediscovered, Vincent Donovan was a Catholic missionary sent out to work with the Maasai people and realised very early on that the, the cultural and the language barriers were, were so significant that he was going to have to try and re-pitch entirely how the Christian gospel could be phrased for them. And part of the imagery that he, he used with them was about the very grace of God, the very call of God, was like a lion on the hunt for its prey, stalking, stalking, and then that moment where it grabs hold and the prey, whatever it is, doesn't stand a chance. I think there's something in there about how God calls us. God is hunting you down. You are the prey. And what are you going to do when God grabs hold of you? What is God calling you to? By the way, don't assume that the ministers amongst us here, that we don't talk about you and we don't think and we don't pray about what God might be calling you to. And we do know that some of you are called to a wide variety of things. And it's about time that some of you answered that call. So think seriously about that over this coming year. All we can do is nothing worse unless God blesses the deed. Vainly we hope for the harvest tide till God gives life to the seed. Yet nearer and nearer draws the time, the time that shall surely be, when the earth shall be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Whatever God is calling you to, God will never abandon you. If you look at the words of the covenant prayer, and I'm hoping that you've all got sight of it in some way, shape, or form, those words are impossible. Let's be honest. They are nigh on impossible to actually live out. Yet, it is a two-way process. It isn't just that we are making the promise. God, the very nature of the covenant is that it is a two-way agreement. That God is also offering himself to us as part of this process. We do not go into this alone. When you respond to the call of God, God is not saying, right, well, you can go and do that and I'm going to leave you alone. God goes with us, constantly calling us, always faithful, granting the very strength that we will need. Now, that's not to say that the response to the call of God is going to be cheap and easy and simple. Almost certainly will not be. There are things maybe that you will need to give up. New directions in life to be sought. 
And it may also be that we, as a Christian community, when we make this covenant, we are not doing it just as a set of individuals. We are saying this as a community, that there may be new directions for us to go in as well, new ways that we can serve the people of Canterbury, new ways that we can serve the kingdom of God. Maybe there are things we need to give up so that we can take on new things as well. John Wesley, when he uh, came up with the idea of the covenant service in 1755, he wanted it to be the very bedrock of Methodism. He wanted it to be the firm foundation for the people called Methodists, so that from that base, that they would then go and continue in the works of social justice and the advancement of the kingdom of God. As far as Wesley was concerned, it is the very task of each of us who profess Jesus Christ that we, therefore, are to be the transforming agents for good in our world. You are responsible for the advancement of good, of justice, of truth, of peace and hope. It's your responsibility, and mine as well, I'm not abandoning you to it, but it is our responsibility to advance those very causes. This past year, uh, the number of households in temporary accommodation in our country was 82,310. That was up 5% on the same time last year and up 71% on the low of 48,010 people on the 31st of December 2010. In the autumn of 2017, the total number of rough sleepers in our country was estimated at 4,751. That was up 617 or 15% from the autumn of 2016, and those numbers are just going up and up and up. The number of rough sleepers has increased by 173 or 18% in London and 444 or 14% in the rest of England since autumn of 2016. 14% of rough sleepers were women and 8% were under the age of 25. Or we could talk about the Trussell Trust, a Christian organisation which provided 658,048 emergency supplies to people in crisis between April and September of 2018, a 13% increase in the same period in 2017, and nearly double the figure for the same period five years before. We could talk about the fact that there are 70, uh, 63 million children in our world who have absolutely no access to schooling. We could talk about the fact that the World Health Organization point out that 844 million people do not have clean water close to their home. We could talk about the fact that UNICEF point out that 2.3 billion people do not have access to a decent toilet of their own. We could point out the fact that every minute a newborn dies from infection caused by a lack of safe water and an unclean environment. Or the fact that diarrhoea caused by dirty water and poor toilets kills a child in our world under the age of five every two minutes. We are supposed to be the agents of good, of truth, of justice, of hope in our world. 
So over this coming year, once we have made our covenant prayer, we as a community are going to think seriously about how we respond to these facts. Can our giving, our responding be more effective? Should we be engaging in different partnerships? What really are the needs on our own doorstep and how can we serve? How are you going to serve? How are you going to respond knowing that the children of God are crying out? What are you going to do this year to live out your Christian faith? Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. March we forth in the strength of God with the banner of Christ unfurled that the light of the glorious gospel of truth may shine throughout the world. Fight we the fight with sorrow and sin to set their captives free so that the earth may be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. How are you going to respond to the covenant this year that God wants to make with you? How are you going to respond to God's call? And by the way, God is calling you. How are you going to respond this year? May God give us the strength we need. Worn out, tired, though we probably are. May God give us that strength we need to go that extra mile this year in how we can serve and follow him. Amen.